I'm going to start reading. I was kind of looking through here to see where I wanted to start. Believe it or not, I didn't have a starting point. But I think I'm going to start at chapter at verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the, man, I can't even say these words, declaimer, and all kinds of music, you fell, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast into the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace and who is that god that shall deliver you out of my hands and shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said to the king o nebuchadnezzar we are not careful to answer thee in this matter if it be so our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of the hand of the king. But this is where I'm really going to focus my text tonight, verse 18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And everybody say amen. amen. Lord, tonight, God, you know that I need your help. Your word is already anointed. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, and that you would look into the hearts of, in the minds of everybody, everybody that's here, Lord. You know who needs to hear this tonight. God, for you put it on my heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would give me the strength to deliver it the way you gave it to me, Lord. And everybody said amen. Amen. The word in Daniel chapter 3 draws us into an experience that is really almost too good to be true. It's an exciting passage of scripture that deals with God's true supernatural power, God's ability, God's capability, and God's availability for whenever those who trust him and believe in him really need him it's obvious that god does not show up until these three hebrew boys demonstrate an unshakable faith they cannot know as i was reading these scriptures you could hear that they did not know the true circumstance and how god was really going to show up but they 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 knew one thing, and that was that they have been with God before. They have been with God in prayer and in supplication and fasting. So they declared to the king that no matter what happens, we're not going to bow down and worship your golden image because the God that we serve is able. But if not... If he chooses not to deliver us, we're still not going to bow down to your image. 
He may deliver us by death. And then again, he may take us out of the fire. We, we really don't know how God's going to do this. But even if he does not deliver us in the way that we think he ought to deliver us, we're still not going to bow to your golden image. When you pray and when you fast and when you really seek the face of God, you can't dictate how God is going to answer your prayers. You can't tell God what to do. Prayer is not ordering God around. Some of, some of you saints that's been in this a long time, you saw that tonight, can testify with me tonight that, that even with faith in God, sometimes the bottom just falls out. Is there somebody that can really, really understand what I'm saying? Anybody ever been there? Some of you, you firm Christians, the 50-year, the 40-year guys, you can testify with me tonight that sometimes, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you believe, sometimes the bottom's going to fall out. Even though you love the Lord and you trust the Lord with all your heart, there's times in your life that all hell is really going to break loose because you are a believer You're not insulated from trials and disappointment. Just because you come to church every Sunday and just because you're the real faithful here on Wednesday night doesn't mean that you're insulated from trials and disappointments because you teach Sunday school or because you read the Bible every day or because you're so faithful in your tithes or just because you pray on a daily basis does not mean that you're not going to experience some trials and some tests. It happens to us. It happens. And when it happens, I declare to you that you, that you can have an unshakable faith right in the midst of, your, of the circumstance you're in. These three Hebrew boys, along with Daniel, came to Babylon as the cream of the crop uh, that, that was brought into Babylonian captivity. They rose to prominence because the king recognized that there was something unusual about them. He recognized that they were a cut above the rest and they were head and shoulders above the others because of their integrity. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he shall meditate in this law both day and night. And the results of that meditation is that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Your enemies may be, may be lying on you, but if you belong to the Lord, he'll make you prosper. They, 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 might, they might hope that you're not going to make it, but if, if your hand is in the Lord's hand, they can't stop you. God will always allow those who trust him to prosper. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking about prosper. Because there are some things that money just can't buy. Because when you need peace in your mind, money can't buy peace in your mind. 
When you need sleep at night, money can't buy sleep at night. When you need protection over your babies and you know you're hundreds of miles away, money can't buy that. God's going to allow you to prosper. I want you to notice that when they came to Babylon, their names were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their culture, the king changed their name in order to forsake their heritage. But ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what they name you. You don't have to be who they designate you to be. It doesn't matter what they name you if you really know who you are. And if you know who you are, and if you know who you belong to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one bit what they say or what they call you because you know you know who your daddy really is. They changed their names to try and change their identity. To try and meld and flow them into the crowd. But when you know who you are, you stand out from the crowd. I think I need to tell somebody here tonight that who's trying to blend in, who's trying to be like everybody else. God is calling you to a higher ground. God is calling you to move beyond those negative people and those negative things you're hanging around with. Move beyond those grouchy, mumbling, complaining people you're hanging out with. Move away from folk who say that, that that's enough and, and, and that'll do and, and that's all you really need to do. No, God's calling you to a higher ground. You can be and you can do more than those who are around you because of who lives within you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a cut above. But just on a whim, Nebuchadnezzar decides that he's going to erect this golden statue on the plains of Dura. And the edict, the edict from the king is that at the sound of the music, everybody in Babylon is going to fall down and worship this golden statue. This image of Nebuchadnezzar himself in pure gold was set up on the flat lands of Dura where everybody in, in, in Babylon could see it. And the king says, when the music sounds, I want everybody to bow their knee and I want to bow their head and I want them to worship this statue. Now, these Hebrew boys were outsiders. They were what some would call Johnny-come-lately, and they had been elevated above the princes who were already in Babylon, but they had been elevated above them because they had favor with the king. And, and so these princes who were already in Babylon and were already envious of these Hebrews who were now elevated above them. So when the music sounds, they are watching to see what the Hebrew boys are going to do. They got eyes on them. They got eyes on them because they, they were already insulted that these foreigners were elevated above us, us who were born here, who live here, princes. So when the music sounds, these guys were really looking, and they were looking around to see what these Hebrew boys were going to do. Another thing about God blessing your life and God's prospering you is that you've got to live up to what you confess. Because if you say God is with you, 
So trust me when I say somebody is watching you. When you say that you're the Lord, you're on the Lord's side and you love him with all your heart, that can't be just on Sunday. You've got to do it every day because somebody is watching you. Somebody is looking. It's kind of hard to believe your confession when you're when you're tear, tearing up the church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and you're out somewhere else on Friday night tearing up something else. You've got to be out of that fancy suit, what you are in that fancy suit on Sunday because of your confession. If your confession doesn't line up with your life, somebody's watching you. Somebody's looking. Sooner or later, you will be put to the test to see whether or not you really believe what you confess. Now, I mentioned to you before that the music sounds and everybody's head is bowed and Everybody falls down before the golden statue and the, and the princes and, 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 and everybody is, is looking. And then all of a sudden the princes come back to the king with a report that everybody is down, king, except these three Hebrew boys. Now my question is, how would they know whether or not their heads were down? No, they were looking around. They were looking for an occasion to trap them because of their faith. They were hurt. They were offended that these foreigners had been raised above them. And they were looking for an occasion. The same thing happened to Daniel. They couldn't trap him with women. And they couldn't trap him with money. And they couldn't trap him with wine. They figured out that Daniel had a weakness though. And his weakness was that three times a day he got down on his knees with his face toward Jerusalem. And he worshiped God. Wouldn't it be a wonderful testimony if the only way someone could trap you is by your faith? Wouldn't that be a powerful testimony if the only way somebody could trap you is by what you believe in your convictions? Now, many of us can get trapped with a whole lot of stuff, but wouldn't it be a testimony to the glory of God in your life, if the only way, or the only thing they could say about you is that you pray too much. The only thing that they could say about you is that every time I talk to him, the only thing he talks about is God. The only thing that comes out of him is, is this holy stuff and this God stuff. Every time you turn around, she's going to church. Every time you want to talk to her or invite her to something, she's got something to do at the church. That will offend some people, but it's a good testimony. I mean, I'd like for people to say, he makes me sick every time, he, he, every time you get around him, he's talking about Jesus. And there's a polite way to do it. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a right way to do it. What's the Bible say? Being as, as soft as, as a dove, but as sly as a serpent. There's a right way to, to have that Jesus just pour out of you. I think it's a marvelous testimony that every Sunday I know where so-and-so is going to be. Every time the church doors open, you, you really don't have to be there. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You don't know how God, how good God has been to me. Yes, I do have to be there. I don't want to just praise him on Sunday. Every time I think about where God has brought me from, I want to be accused of giving him praise. 
let me just throw this out there, and I know I know y'all have heard this before, but if you were ever brought up on the charges of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a question that that I want to be able to say yes. Mohandas K. Gandhi said one time in a statement, I would have become a Christian because I read the Bible from back from front to back. And I was greatly impressed by this Jesus. I would have become a Christian if I had ever seen one. What is your life outside the sanctuary? What is your life at work? What is your life on Facebook? I know, I'm stepping on toes. It's getting kind of quiet. What are you doing that signifies you've been born again and that you're coming to, to greater life on, that, uh, other than coming to greater life on Wednesdays and Sundays? What are you doing in your life that signifies you have the Holy Ghost from head to toe other than your attendance at church? Because you could have, you, you could have been coming to this church since it started and you could still be lost sitting right here on the pews. You can sing in the choir. You can teach Sunday school. You can preach the gospel and still not know Jesus Christ. They said, King, you've got some people in the kingdom that's not doing what you said. King, these three Hebrews, they, the, these men they, that you have elevated, that you have promoted, are not listening to you. Who do they think they are? You're the king. You're King Nebuchadnezzar, the great. Now, king, what are you going to do about that? And Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, bring them in. Bring them into the court. He said, now I'm going to give you, boys, I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear the music, if you'll fall down and worship this golden statue and, and you'll bow your head and your knees and you'll bow to this statue, all will be well. And we'll, we'll forget this little thing ever happened. All you got to do is bow. But, but, but guys, come on. We work together every day. And I really don't want to have to do this, but, but if you don't do it, I'm going to have to throw you in the, in the blazing furnace. And do, do you understand what I'm telling you? They said, oh, oh, King. Oh, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, your majesty. We don't have to caucus about this. We, we don't have to have a committee, a committee meeting about this. We don't, we don't even really have to discuss this. It's not open for debate. We're not going to bow down to that statue because the God that we serve is able and he will, he will deliver us. Now they have no idea how he's going to deliver them, but they know some way, somehow God will rescue them. But if not, if he chooses to leave us in the flames, we're still not going to bow. Now, 
what gave them this kind of character? What, what got them to this level of faith? What do they possess to have so much faith in the midst of a life-ending circumstance? You see, in my personal opinion, they were raised right. They were trained right. They didn't become Christians when they got to Babylon. They, they were saved before they got to Babylon because they were trained by people who told them, our God is able. You see, you've got to be ready before the storm comes. You can't try to get ready in the middle of the storm. You can't try to prepare your house in the middle of a life-ending circumstance. That's why it's important to come to church. That's why it's important to commune with with your elders. That's why it's important to sit here and listen to your pastor on Sundays and take notes and chew on those notes throughout the week. You see, they didn't worship the idols because they were raised and trained by the people that didn't believe in that. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 14, I didn't even save it. But it goes through all of this stuff of how people are going to wax worse and worse and sin is going to grow. But at, the, at verse 14 it says, but standing. Because standing on your truth because you know who taught you this truth. And you know from whence it came. You know. And so these boys were raised right. The greatest efforts of the mightiest men fell when it comes to God. Because God has yet to meet his match. There is none like him. These boys couldn't bow because they were raised right. But they also couldn't bow because they were sustained by an unfaltering hope. That even if he does not, we're still not going to bow. We trust him. We trust him, but if not, Jesus, I'm still not going to bow. That's what the Lord is looking for in this day. He's looking for people who do not need a miracle to come to church every Sunday. The Lord is looking for some people, someone The Lord is looking for some people who who do not need an answered prayer every week in order for them to maintain their faith. Because sometimes God does not show up the way that we think he ought to show up. Most of the time, God doesn't show up until you're in the midst of the fire. You need to leave him room to work in your life. Testify that I trust God will deliver me. But if not... I'm still going to serve him. Because you know there are all kinds of ways to bow to money. There's all kinds of, way to bow, of ways to bow to popularity and fame. All you got to do is be what everybody thinks you ought to be. But when you really, really know who you are and whose you are, you can have the kind of faith that these three Hebrews, Hebrew boys have. But if not, but 
if not. That's the kind of faith I'm striving for. That's the kind of faith that I'm trying to accomplish when I come to this sanctuary and I, and I pray and when I come to church and when I am sitting there talking to my boys and, and talking to my wife. And, but if not, Jesus, I'm not going to base my immediate circumstances on whether you've shown up or not. An unwavering faith. An unwavering faith. They said, but if not, we are still not going to bow. And you know the rest of the story. Nebuchadnezzar got so angry that the Bible says his visage changed or his face changed color and extreme expression. He was so mad that he couldn't even contain himself. He said, all right, if that's the way you guys want it, boys, heat up the fire seven times. And the word says that the flames were so hot that the soldiers who took them in died. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments. Because, you know, he didn't want them to just burn. He wanted everything. He wanted all the garments to catch fire and to, to melt to them. He wanted them to suffer. And their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake unto spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered, Oh, and said, oh, yes, king, we did. They were just yes, men. Yes, king, yes, that's exactly what we did. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And in the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. How did Nebuchadnezzar know that was like the Son of God? I don't know. I'm sure there's some way, some book somewhere, somebody's written. But you know what? I'm going to stick with my personal opinion. He had three Hebrew boys that didn't just talk a good game, but they lived it every day in and out of the palace. They lived it. They were in bondage, but they lived it. They were in, not with their families, but they lived it. And they lived it. And when when Jesus showed up, Nebuchadnezzar said, doesn't that look like the Son of God? Hey, guys, that's... That's the Son of God. I've heard, I've heard stories about this. I wonder what stories these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego used to tell. I wonder what stories they used to tell in the courts in front of the king. How did Nebuchadnezzar know that that was the Son of God? Well, it had the, the form of the Son of God. But when the Son of God shows up in your life, there's no denying it. Would you stand with me? Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, that trusted in him, that trusted 
in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god therefore i make a decree that every people nation and language which speak anything amiss against this god of shadrach meshach and abednego shall be cut in pieces and their and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort what are you doing outside of this church What are you doing outside of this church? Are you ready for an unshakable faith in an unthinkable circumstance? Are you ready to stand for this truth that you've stood on for so many years? Would you be ready? I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the people that have taught me this Holy Ghost. The Hughes family. The Kilgore family. My mother, my father. This is who I am. I'm not going to conform to this world to try to pull people into this gospel. God called me to be separate. He called me to a higher calling and to not waver. You know why I'm not going to waver? Because I've been taught. But if not... But if not, God is still able. I'm thankful tonight for the Holy Ghost. You know, it's hard. I look around at friends and family, and I see so many confusing things, so many things I have questions about, so many things I really don't understand. I don't get bogged down with it. I just say, God, you're able. But even if you're not ready to deliver me, I'm still not going to bow. I'm still not going to bow. I'm fired up about it. I'm not I'm tired of being polite. I'm still not going to bow. I'm still not going to bow. Let's be all let's let's be in agreement this week. Let's work for a but if not faith. But if not, he's still my God. You know what? The truth be known, Brother Stone King used to say this all the time. If God decides never to bless me again, he's already blessed me more than I deserve. God decides never, never to give me another dime. Decides never to bless me again with anything. He's already given me far more than I deserve. So I'm not going to base my faith on the next miracle I need. I'm not going to base my faith on the next prophetic word. I'm going to base my faith on this word of God. And he said, trust in him. Cast all of your cares upon him. And he said, he's going to be right in the middle of that fire. He's going to be right in the middle of the fire that you're going through. And you're going to feel all alone. You know, the devil wants to make you... I think that's one of the devil's greatest tricks is making you feel like you're the only one that knows really what. No, no, I know. I know you've been through something like this, but this you haven't been through. No, no, that's a that's a lie. God's there. 
God's walking in that fire. Everybody say amen. Lord, thank you tonight for talking to us, God. Thank you for your word.